Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. I'm here with Richard Barrett, who is the founder of Thunder Arena. So Richard, tell me, how did it all start? Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting story, actually. So back about three years ago, back in November 2013, uh, Ross O'Doyle, my co-founder, and I both applied for the Ignite program and were successfully accepted onto that accelerator program in UCC. The guy who was running it, uh, Eamon Curtin, decided to take a punt and bring myself and Ross on as two individuals with similar ideas. So he set it up that possibly there was a chance that we could work together this was unbeknownst to myself and Ross, and uh, on the very first day, when we sat down and said our ideas, it was clear there was a lot of crossover, so uh, I was on one side of the table, Ross was on the other. We decided then after about a week, you know, this could go one of two ways, it, it, it could go very badly, or else we could, you know, unite and save time, energy and money, and uh, really just try to capitalise on the opportunity that was that was put in front of us. So on, November, on the 23rd of October 2013, for the precise date, we um, joined together and set up Media Limited, which is our company, and as a result, Pundit Arena, and we founded it from there. And how how has it grown since then? Yeah, it's been going really well. So in our first month, we had about 368 users, unique users. So uh, as you know, that's, that's not a whole lot in internet terms, but thankfully we, we continued to go and we edited all our content from day one and ensured that the quality of that remains high, and thankfully it's worked. So we then set a target of a million users, and we smashed that, and we hit a target of 2 million users for June, and we hit that, and luckily, we're now on 2.6 million monthly users. So for us, the growth has been fantastic, and that doesn't take into account social growth or you know, some of the other ways that, that the users now interact with our brand. That's just purely people coming on site onto PunditArena.com. So uh, we're, we're really happy with the way the trend has gone. It, it's been a, a crazy journey, but we, we've set a target of, um, 18 squared it's called so we want to get to 18 million users by the end of 2018 and everybody in the team is now geared towards making that a reality and it's something that I'm very very um, excited about and is definitely achievable given how well things have gone over the last three years and are you popular worldwide? yeah that's, that's the interesting thing or was the interesting thing for our investors the UK has always from day one been our, our most popular market and still remains to be the number one market so about 40% of our, of our users come from the UK and about 35% comes from Ireland. So 75% of our overall traffic comes from uh, Ireland and the UK and then third would be USA and Australia. So we've seen the Australian market has really opened up for us in rugby. That's a, a huge one for us. And MMA, we're, we're thankfully, we're seen as one of the leading publications in MMA for, for Americans looking at European MMA. And um, that's been a huge part of our growth. We, We've been covering MMA from the from the very beginnings, and uh, obviously the Conor McGregor wave and and the way things have gone in the last few years has been really beneficial to us. And what about the rugby? You've got George Hook now right right behind that combat. Yeah, rugby is where we've seen the most progress in in the UK market. Definitely, we we have the largest social following in in rugby. Um, full stop. So there's there's nobody in the world with a larger social following in rugby than us, and that's opened up massive massive opportunities. I mean, just today we had the England man, England head coach Eddie Jones doing Facebook Live with us. So it's good to see the likes of the RFU and even the IRFU just opening up and, and, and 
giving us the opportunities that I suppose three years ago we just wouldn't have thought would have been possible. George Hook was another one that was a really interesting one. Um, George came to us and mentioned that he was really excited about what we were doing and the growth we were on and you know, the flexibility we can offer him in terms of trying and styling different types of content. Although he comes from a print background, George, um, despite his age profile, is very forward-thinking. He's really on top of the latest technology and digital trends. And for him, he knows that written content in newspapers just isn't the future. Uh, it's not the present either, to be honest, if I give my own opinion. So George is going to be working on some really, really good stuff with us. We've got a, a TV series that we're about to announce. We, we're going to announce that probably in the next couple of weeks. But we'll have a TV series with uh, George Hook and ourselves. We're really excited about getting that into the Christmas schedule on one of the biggest channels in Ireland. Okay, so I guess uh, when that's announced, that you will know soon enough. Yeah, that'll, that'll be announced soon as well. So we're really excited about it. I think it's, it's a good transition for George as well. Um, it keeps him at the forefront of media and proves just you know how capable he is of projecting his his opinions on uh, on different mediums and that, and that's on different media. That's important to us as well because you know Pundit Arena was founded on the principle of people getting their opinions across and providing alternative angles and George has never been one to bite his, bite his tongue. So he, he's definitely, love him or hate him, he's definitely somebody that, that fits that whole pundit arena, um, I suppose, ethos. And who have you got, who's next for your plans to get on board? For us, we, we've a number of, um, so we've, we've Andy Goods, who, was played at out half for England and rugby. We do Facebook lives with him. Yeah. He's a columnist exclusively for us. We do that every Friday. We've we've other people in Irish sport that we'll be announcing very quickly. Uh, some really really big rugby names getting involved with us because we're we're really starting to scale in rugby. So once that's signed, I, I'll get that out straight away, probably on my Twitter or or whatever way. But we're really excited about getting some big names involved. I mean, at the end of the day, these people, they are professional sports stars, but, you know, they're, they're fans of sport themselves. So whether it's, it's someone, uh, somebody who's really professional in, in soccer, speaking about their interest in rugby, or vice versa, then I, I think that's what we can offer them. And I'm really excited about this new transition into, you know, that angle of sports journalism. And uh, I, I guess with the moment where you guys go, which sport would be your biggest sport at the moment? Is it rugby, soccer, GAA? Yeah, so we, we cover we cover football, rugby, GAA, MMA, and uh, we, we have other sports as well, but those four are key ones, and it fluctuates a lot, but football remains the constant just purely because of the, the global nature of the sport. MMA and rugby, would, given the seasonality of those sports, would interchange between second and third. GAA always remains fourth. We have a huge following in, in GAA, but the market is just that much smaller than, we'll say, MMA. So a GAA story could get twenty or thirty thousand views in in twenty four hours, but MMA, given its global nature, could easily get one hundred and fifty thousand views. So an example of that was Conor McGregor. One of Conor McGregor's coaches is sparring with, asked us to share a piece of content for him, and within thirty six hours, we had three hundred and fifty thousand views on it. It just shows the varying markets. Well, GAA is definitely a core part of our business, and what we do here in Ireland, um, just inter- internationally, MMA offers us that much bigger market. Yeah, and I guess with soccer, how do you decide which stories are going to be the the ones to cover? Well, we knew we knew from day one that you know people go to Sky Sports for a reason. People have gone to BBC Sport for a reason. People go to the Guardian for a reason. 
we needed to be different. We needed to provide something that you just were not going to get anywhere else. So that's why we went with the opinion-based articles. And, you know, it was tough at the start, certainly, to get um, to get people's eyeballs on our football content, purely because it's one of the most saturated markets around. But we stayed true to alternative opinion-based articles, and we used those to, to get our users and build Thunderlane around that. But now we're also providing transfer rumours and, and up-to-date news just so that we can start to get our users to form daily habits so that if you wake up in the morning, instead of typing in Sky Sports into your, your browser or mobile or onto your app, you want to go onto Pundit Arena. So for us, the goal is to ensure that we can provide coverage of a sport um, holistically as opposed to just you know covering certain aspects. So if you're an MMA fan or you're a football fan and you use Pundit Arena as your primary medium for, in order to acquire news or, or content, then we can satisfy that need. That's the transition we've been on, and it just goes back to my earlier point that, you know, we need to be providing more than just users on site. There's the social side of it. So we're trying to provide audio, TV, video, and also written content. And I think that's worked for us in football, definitely. I mean, that market is huge, and we have a tiny, tiny piece of that pie. But the potential we've seen in that tiny piece just really, really shows us how, how big and how scalable it is once you get a, a sweet spot in football. Yeah, I guess at the moment, the big story at the moment is about Big Sam in the UK. Was that a story that you guys covered very well, or did you decide to leave to the big boys? No, we, we have no problem referencing any of our competitors or, or anyone else. You know, I see a lot of media houses steal stories and don't, don't reference it. For us, we thought it was fantastic work by the, by the Telegraph. We told everyone, you know, make sure you reference the Telegraph. They did the brilliant work and just put our own angle on it. So for us, we're a conduit of the news as opposed to a creator at times. We do create our own exclusives and that's brilliant. But if someone else gets a story and we think it's going to benefit a Pundit Arena user, we have no problem you know, providing that content to people. If you go through our feed, we even have a Bleacher Report put out a fantastic article. We'll just put out their article and just give it to our users because you know, there's enough of the pie to go around and for us it's about how people interact with Pundit Arena. Yeah. So if you're reading good content as a result of Pundit Arena... It doesn't necessarily have to be on Pundit Arena, but just once you have an affinity with that brand, then we know long-term that people will want to keep coming back to Pundit Arena. So in the example of Big Sam, brilliant, brilliant groundbreaking work by the Daily Telegraph. And, uh, you know, we, we were happy just to relay it to our fans. Yeah, because I, I just couldn't believe when I came out, I couldn't believe I heard in the radio in the morning what happened. But I thought, it's kind of weird seeing that as a story, because I thought, well, I can't believe he do that. He's that dumb. He's earned that kind of money. But I guess uh, the, the, the guys telegraph did a, did a great job getting that story. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's bizarre. He said that he uh, he had a, an old friend asking to meet people. And I mean, when you're the England manager, you know the spotlight is on you yeah. nonstop. You know the media are going to try to do everything they possibly can over in Britain to, you know, to disturb what you're trying to achieve. I was happy to see Sam get the job and I was very disappointed to see what happened and what transpired. Yeah. I think entrapment is what he called it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as some people will call it investigative journalism. At Pundit Arena, we've been given stories before that deal with people's personal lives and we haven't released them because, you know, we're not a tabloid. Or, you know, we, we write about sport and the effects sport have on people negatively or positively. You now, what happens in people's lives outside of that, uh, it's, you know... I just I just wouldn't agree with reporting some certain aspects. I just don't think they need to be said. So there's a mixed there's a mixed reaction to the big family. Some people think he was set up. Um, some people think that it was his own fault. 
But I mean, the only the only truism is that he was foolish enough to to go meet to go meet up with them and drink wine from a, a pint glass, you know. So yeah, these things happen. Yeah, you should have said no. I've got I've, I'm already earning three million a year. I need the cash. But anyway, it happens. But I guess in other sports too, like doping, for example, in the uh, the moment the doping story has come out recently. That's not a big story as well. For you guys to cover as well, I guess. Yeah, the, the doping, uh, the PUEs, uh, the exemptions. For me, I think there's a lot of doping still going on in sports. Um, I mean, the, the figures say that I don't think sport is clean in any way. And in our other business, the, the Conference 1-0 can the Pundit Arena's digital media partner. And yeah. we're bringing over Jamie Fuller to speak on corruption and ethics. I mean, Jamie sued cycling because of their negligence uh, with, with doping. We're bringing over Lance Armstrong because... You know, in order to remove the darkness, you need to shine a light on it. And Lance was central to doping. The Peloton, the whole Peloton were on drugs. I mean, nobody that had ever finished on a, a podium with Lance yeah. did not fail a drug test. So, you know, that's, I think that's kind of what we want to get to. Uh, everybody, there is brilliant aspects of sport, but, you know, we need to look at the doping story as a whole and hope that we can improve sport. Um, I think... It's a, it's a tough one. There's a lot more to come out in the TUEs, definitely, and the doping. And hopefully at one zero con we'll be able to shine a light on that or get some sort of insight into it because it's a huge problem. I mean, there's what? I think it was two... I forget the exact stat, but it was something like two or three professional footballers in the English leagues have been done for doping over the last few years. Yeah. And you add up the amount of people that are lining out every single weekend. It, it, those numbers don't stack up. Yeah. So I think even in football there is some negligence towards, you know, actually trying to trying to uncover doping. I think they're afraid of what might happen if they if they pull out of the small bit, the whole thing might unravel. Simple stats are that you know the numbers don't add up at the moment. There, there has to be ongoing doping in football. Yeah, and I guess with you guys, because you're on a publication, you've got more leeway to write your stories and get them out there. Yeah, we, yeah. As, as a publication, we do, but we have to be careful. I mean, investigative journalism is something that's really, really good. I see BuzzFeed, they moved into investigative journalism and they released the stuff around tennis and, and everything, and it was brilliant. You know, I think that's something we would look at as well. I think there's a big, big story in Dope and become, not just in football, but in a lot of them. And, you know, I think people will be quite baffled by what we'll say. Lance Armstrong has to say or what Jamie Fuller has to say or whoever is next to come out and speak about doping especially when it's somebody who was so centrally involved in it yeah. they, know, they know who turned the blind eye and, and they know how they got away with it yeah I guess those kind of stories are the, the ones that are going to get you guys more or less uh, as a must go to, 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 to see about it because if you're writing about these stories that are in topical people come to you more so than a tabloid because you're going to write it from a right point of view and not, not go to the uh, gutter way of writing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like we're, we don't like taking sides. Our writers, we have various writers. The example I always use is just Munster are playing Leinster in two weeks. Yeah. We'll have 10 reasons why Munster will beat Leinster, and we'll have 10 reasons why Leinster will beat Munster. So we don't, we're just a conduit, we're the platform that provides people with the voice. Thanks very much for that, Richard. Good luck in the future, and I hope you meet your target of 18 squared.